This episode of the Badass Ladies Club is sponsored by Badass Retreats. It's time to make your healing a priority. Find out more at www.blcbadassretreats.com. My badass friends, my name's Laurie Wallace, and this is Jessica Weckerlin, and we are the Badass Ladies Club coming at you today. We're so excited that you're here to hang out for another week, and we absolutely value your time and appreciate the fact that you're here to listen to what it is that we have to say week after week. <laughs> um, it would mean so much if you would like us on a social media page, share your favorite podcast with a friend of yours. Maybe you want to come to a retreat or you're interested in some of the online courses that we offer. It's all available at www.badassladiesclub.com and it will link you to all of the interweb offerings. So check out our website and let's get down to business for today. Yeah, today's subject is a little sticky. I mean, I like sticky, though. It's good. Yeah. yeah. So what happened was (laughs) the other night, I got a message in our inbox from a listener who had a suggestion. And by the way, guys, we love it when this happens. Yes. Because, I mean... 98% of the time, the subjects that we talk about are ones that you and I want to talk about. But we also want to talk about what you want to talk about. So don't be shy to do this. Um, A listener messaged us and said, podcast idea, reconciling those moments when you know you were the villain in someone's story. Big shadow work in this person's personal journey at this time, possibly relevant for a lot of other people. Um, And I I didn't ask this person to go into detail, but um, they just kind of talk about the messiness of some things, you know, like love triangles, thoughtlessness, um, truly seeing that version of ourselves and how it lined up with someone else's truth and forgiving ourselves for it and, um, going on and on. And, um, oddly enough that this message came after another odd message that I got, not from a listener, but from someone who admittedly is kind of a villain in my story and I'm probably a villain in theirs. And then that the listener messaged me and I was like, okay, Okay, universe, I hear you. This is a rich topic. Right. um, So it was just funny how it all kind of came together. Like things do. Mm -hmm. When you brought this to me, the first thing I thought of was, oh my gosh, I'm probably the villain in lots of stories, you know? And one thing that I immediately went to was um, Disney villains. Yeah. You know, like that. I remember from a very young age being kind of fascinated by the evil queens and villains in Disney well, stories. let's be honest. The villains are always way more interesting and fun. Yeah. <laughs> and that even if you look at like comic book villains or, you know, like all great stories that need conflict, right? That villains really are misunderstood, hurt people. Mm-hmm. You know, and that you don't get to be a villain in your story or anyone else's story 
without um, some misunderstanding and some hurt that you're expressing in these behaviors that make you the villain one way or the other. Right. Um, and coming to terms with the fact that even if you don't agree that you're the villain, that you don't get to narrate other people's experiences. Woo! And that is hard for right. some of these people that myself included sometimes that cannot, you know, like let go of the fact that like we need to be right. Humans love to be right. And um, being a villain in somebody else's story means that you have to admit that, yeah, from someone else's perspective, perhaps my behavior was wrong, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, there's just so much to cover in this. Yeah. So I want to talk about like what what is a villain let's define like a villain in the first place whether you're like just everybody (laughs) for a moment think about somebody that like did you dirty okay somebody that wronged you and that if you were writing the story there's no way anybody that was listening or reading the story wouldn't agree with the fact that like yeah this person is a villain for you and they effed up and they really did something that was hurtful to you in a way that you maybe aren't truly willing to forgive right up front, okay? Um, and when you've been the victim on that side of it, as it were, you're not thinking about their motivation. You know, like you're not thinking about their side of the story, which is why I love the Disney villains and the comic book villains so much because a big part of the story is like how they came to be a villain, you know, and that that is usually in this really soft and delicate space. And so, you know, there's always this conversation about like, if you're going to really understand people that you don't understand, that you have to look at the world the way they look at the world, mm-hmm. not the way you look at their world, you know? Well, and, that, and that's the true sign of empathy. Yeah. You have to look at the situation from someone else's experience, not how you would feel about that experience. It's how they would feel about that experience. Yeah. Which means you have to suspend your disbelief, your prejudices, the way that you think the world works, you know, Mm -hmm. like that none of those things are relevant in the villain's story. And that's really difficult sometimes for us to take our own personal experience out of things and try and look at something from someone else's perspective. I know that sometimes the villains in my story um, tend to be people that were in authority to me. Mm-hmm. And that it's so much harder when you have a villain in your life that was somebody that you used to trust mm-hmm. or somebody that you used to look up to. And then instead of them fulfilling this idea that you had about who they were, eventually they show you who they actually are. And that's so disappointing and crushing to your ideal, you know, that it they become a villain. And sometimes that's because they did horrible things, but sometimes that's just because they fell off the pedestal that you put them on in the first place, you know? And that um, people are flawed. Yeah. You know, like nobody's perfect. And that um, when authority figures become the villain in your story, I find that those are the things that are the hardest for me to let go of, you know, because uh, I don't put my trust in a lot of people. I don't look up to a lot of people, you know, right. and when I do and you let me down and you disappoint me, what's so hard about that usually is not whatever they did, but that I'm pissed at myself for trusting you and looking up to you when I shouldn't have, you know, right. and I should have known better. Especially in a situation where they showed who they were. 
over lot. and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you just weren't willing and to see like, it. And you're like, no, 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 this isn't happening. Or they so didn't mean it this way. Or right. no, you're looking at this the wrong way. What they really meant was, or what they really did was X, Y, Z. Fill it in the blank. So I, I think the villain is so fascinating. And the more I work with that concept, the more that I understand that it's oftentimes just people that didn't live up to who I thought they were. And the only reason I thought that they were that wasn't because of them. Right. It was because of me. You know, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. it was because I painted this picture of who I wanted them to be. And people very rarely fit into the box of who you want them to be. You right. know, like you can't expect yourself from other people. Right. You have to kind of meet people where they are. And when you paint people in this like golden framed picture, you know, that's a really hard thing to reconcile. And in that event, there really aren't villains. There's just people being people. And if you would allow them to show you who they are before you like cast this judgment about who you want them to be, there's a lot less disappointment on that. You know, Right. It's like, is there really God, and this goes back to like good girl versus bad girl, like one of our first episodes. Um, like, is there really good versus bad or is it just a bunch of people living a human experience? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, yes, I do think that there is evil and bad in the world coming from a sense of like, you know, a sociopath murderer, sure. But if we're talking about day-to-day -day, um, relationships, I really don't feel like there's good versus bad. It's people showing themselves and us, <laughs> I, and I'm speaking from my experience, but my experience tells me that, yeah, it's just me not willing to accept what they've shown me. Um or just not wanting to participate in it. Right. I don't have to accept it. You can act however you want to act, you know, but I can choose to not participate in your story anymore because I'm not digging what you're throwing down. You know, right. like, um, and I know that that is hard when you feel obligated to be kind to people, to understand people. Definitely if they're like people that you work with or that are in your family or like people that you can't just like write off and not right. engage with, you know. Um, that that's really, really difficult to reconcile, you know? Um, and the hurt comes up a lot that makes it irrational mm -hmm. and reactionary, you yeah. know, like in that space. Yeah. Um, but what about like when you are the villain? I mean, I feel like I have gotten really, really clear over the last couple of years that I've been the villain in a lot of stories and some of those stories are deserved. And some of those stories are just projections. Mm -hmm. And I don't get to decide the difference between the two. Honestly, like um, that I know my take on the stories that I'm likely the villain in. Um, and a lot of those, I stepped into that role because I felt like it was what needed to be done to move my business forward. Honestly, mm -hmm. like that's that so much of my motivation in definitely like the last 10 to 12 years of my career in the beauty business was based around this idea that I was building something 
and that I was willing to. And no one's getting yeah, in the way. I, I could crush some skulls if I needed to in order to get to where I was going at the end zone. And that that made me the villain, you know, because I had high expectations and high standards and that I got results from people when I pushed them. And that they got results too. And so sometimes in my pushing of them, they were grateful for that, you know, and they were excited about being pushed and getting to higher and bigger levels. But on the same hand, there were also, like I said, a lot of people that got crushed underneath that weight. And that's just not how they worked. And so today, Laurie would look at those things a lot differently than she did when I was trying to live up to this thing that wasn't even really real, you know? And we've talked... I mean, like, we just recorded such a great episode where we talked a little bit about, like, purpose. Mm-hmm. And in those times where I was legit the villain, you know, uh, there was, my purpose wasn't aligned with who I was. Yeah. My purpose was aligned with dollars. My purpose was aligned with validation from people who were also motivated by dollars. And by this identity that I was trying to fit into, because I thought that's who I was supposed to be. And when I scale it all back to like purpose, like there are also stories where I was the villain in someone else's story because I was connected to my purpose and not their narrative, right? And that that made me the villain because I was breaking out of their narrative and connecting to my own purpose and being like, wait, this is not who I wanna be. This is not what I wanna do with my career anymore. And that that was offensive to people that had been benefiting from, you know, like my lack of purpose and my lack of connection to what it was I was actually here to do. And that's okay. You know, like I, um, but I don't want that to sound like that's a super easy thing for me. It, it was a a dark, (laughs) dark time for Laurie as I was unpacking who I am and who I'm not and who I'm willing to disappoint. And if that means that, they throw all the mud in the world at me and say that I, you know, was not loyal and I betrayed them and whatever the case is and still use those things to project their own inadequacies that, that, that it's okay. You know, like I, because I am connected to my purpose now and I do feel so much more in alignment, which is still a daily thing trying to figure that out. Um, that's, what's fascinating about being the villain in other people's stories. Right. You don't need to prove to them that that's not what you are. Right. Like for me and where I am now, if I look at the situations where I can more than probably guess that I am the villain in someone else's story, um, I can admit it probably wasn't my most shining example of me being the human being that I am, you know, that, I have done a lot of things that I am not proud of that Jessica today would not do. Um, And that's not to say that things I'm doing now aren't things that Jessica in the future wouldn't do, you know, like it's an ever evolving thing. Um, And that looking back on the situations where I'm, I know I was the villain in someone else's story. I've also developed a lot of compassion for that Jessica because she was in major survival mode Mm -hmm. and it came from a place of, Oh, I'll be damned (laughs) if you're going to fuck this up for me 
or I'll be damned if you're going to say those things about me or if you're going to have this idea about me. Um, and that all is stemmed from this need of perfectionism and being the A student and being the best and being the, um, climbing the ladder yeah. that I was addicted to achievement mm -hmm. in so many ways. I would climb up a mountain of corpses Same. Yeah. to get to that end goal. And I think we both got there in very different ways mm -hmm. at very different times. Um, so we probably have a lot of similar villains or we are the villains in a lot of like mutual people's stories, but, um, that I, I can develop a lot of compassion for myself that I was coming from a very, um, not heart centered place. I was making decisions out of fear yeah. and not love and abundance. You know, I was making decisions out of scarcity and not vast acceptance. And um, I preached it all day. I preached scarcity versus abundance all day. And inside, I was really like, but it's all for me. I, I You can't have any because it's, it's all for me. Yes. And this is so interesting to me, this idea of like knowing versus being. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because like everything that I'm being today is stuff I've known for over a decade. I've known it. I just wasn't being it, you know? And that, especially when you're talking about like victims and villains, that who you're being is everything energetically. And that now that I'm being more of the person that I want to be, you know, and that I'm, yeah, like truly feeling these feelings of being in alignment. And I, I think trust is so big in the villain conversation because when I've been the villain in other people's stories, I've had zero trust for their ability to do what they needed to do to look out for themselves, for their careers, for their lives. Yeah. <laughs> but now I have radical trust in people to live their experience. And I don't have to understand that experience. And in the cases where today, present day, I'm being wronged by people, I trust that that's what the villains in my life are supposed to go through this experience. And all I can control is what I do with that. Yeah. How I react to it, how I choose to feel about it. And that even today, I'm the villain in lots of stories because I'm embodying and speaking and being something that I wasn't for them. 10 years ago, you know, so it, what it does a lot of times when you're growing and you're changing and you're shifting and evolving is it makes you a hypocrite. Yeah. You know? And so that, and that used to be so hard on my ego, right? Like I never wanted to be the person who like said one thing and then did the other or like flip flopped. Like if you say this is who you are, then it's who you are forever. <laughs> Until the end of time, like you don't get to change your mind. You don't get to shift. You don't get to grow. And today I'm like completely the opposite of that, you know, where I'm like, I change my mind a million times a day about 200 different things, you know, <laughs> and give myself lots of permission to be like, well, is that really in alignment with who I want to be? 
is this in alignment with where I'm going? And sometimes like, you have to try it on. Right. And then and do it and be like, mm, yeah, that doesn't feel right. Or no, that feels totally right. And that it is okay to take information in and say, well, I want to be different than that. You know, like the way that I handled that situation didn't feel very good to me. And so now I'm going to make a change and I'm going to make a shift. And so I think about the hypocrite thing a lot differently, you know, or I even think about like um, leaders in government, mm. you know, like a lot of times they don't change their beliefs, their outlooks, the way they want to do things. Cause they don't want to like fall back on a campaign promise or a, right. you know, like, but in actuality, like I want leaders that are going to grow and evolve and get more information and be like, okay, so maybe I wasn't looking at that in the way that I could be. And tell me more. I want to know more about your experience. You know, like, and so I feel like so much of this idea of the villain is how much you're willing to be flexible with your outlook on things. Because to my point earlier, a lot of times villains are authority figures. And when you are an authority to people or you're a leader in a certain situation, people are looking to you to like have the answers and that you're supposed to like know everything somehow. And that's what makes you the villain, right? But if you can get really flexible and moldable and want more information so you can begin to shift your narrative, your idea and how you lead and what you believe in, that to me makes you more of a leader. You know, that makes you an authority I want to follow and I want to work with as opposed to somebody who's going to like dig in and stick to their guns and is so not willing to to grow and change that's what makes you the villain, you know, is because you're stuck and you're isolated and you project that out onto everybody. And it's really punishing for your relationships Mm -hmm. or, you know, like whatever it is that you're working with. Yeah. And I think from like a leadership perspective, mm, not that, I mean, this kind of circles back. I may be repeating like ourselves a little bit, but in some cases, not all, but in some cases, I, I don't really blame the villain. Yeah. Um, cause like us as followers put them there. Right. In that position, especially if you're speaking from political, you know, power, but you know, bosses or, you know, leaders in organizations or whatever that might be. Um, you know, but for me, I think like, the hardest part, especially for like where I am in my life today is knowing that I'm not, um, excluded from being able to cause pain. Oh yeah. Um, because that's the last thing I want to do. I do not want to cause any hurt or pain or anguish for anybody really. And in the same breath, I have to be okay with causing that pain sometimes to not abandon myself and to do what's right for me. So even out of making decisions out of love, sometimes the other side of that coin is causing pain to someone else and being the villain. I'm going to push back on you on that, though. What I don't like about that is the word causing. Okay? Like, being authentically yourself will trigger people. Okay. Like being authentically yourself will upset people and they may have pain because of that, but that you're not causing that pain. They are, you know, like, and so 
and this is what I mean about the times when I was the villain in someone else's story. So like, let's just get real specific. I am running a salon and you're an established hairdresser and you put in your no notice and you're leaving at the end of the week. And I have to decide how I'm going to move forward with you leaving with no notice and me having six months worth of your clients pre-booked in front of you, you know, and that it's going to financially cripple my business that you're leaving without this notice. And I thought that you were really happy and you acted like things were fine. And then you showed up one day and like totally pulled the rug out of me, out of our whole team, you know, like that's an actual thing that happened to me maybe like six dozen times over 20 years. Right. (laughs) Um, So in that scenario, yeah. The hairdresser that's quitting with no notice is my villain, okay? And I'm hella defensive of my business and what you're doing to it. And so I become your villain. Because now if you're going to do this to me and you're going to do it to my team, I'm not going to make this shit easy on you. And I'm coming after your clients and you can pack your shit and get out, you know? like. And so this is the reaction, right? My suffering in that conversation has nothing to do with the person that's quitting, how I react to that causes my pain. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who is suffering because of how I react to it. And so that's what I think is so, um, you know, like, and we're talking about work scenarios, which are totally different than like relationship people that did you dirty or your best friend cheated on you with your boyfriend or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of conversations for how this goes down, but I don't know. I probably have some personal relationships where I was the villain too. Um, But in all of those scenarios, I guess what I'm saying is like causing other people pain has more to do with how those people react to what's happening to them and less to do with you being authentically who you are. And so today, present day, when people do things that disappoint me, I really try and measure how I react to what they're choosing. Because like I said, I come at it from this place where I trust you even though I may not like the decision you're making and I feel like it's affecting me in a way that's not great, I trust your ability as a sentient being on this planet to make your own decisions, right? Mm -hmm. I have no choice but to trust it. I believe in it, you know? And so because that's my belief, I'm not going to suffer because of it. I'm not going to put myself through that, you know? Like, I might have feelings about it. I might need to cry about it. I might need to talk to a friend about it, process it in whatever way I'm going to process my hurt. But I'm not going to react at you and create more of a combustible right, situation more of an explosion. that's going to cause all of this suffering. So flip the script. If I do something that's triggering for someone else and they're coming at me, they're causing their own suffering. Me being authentically me has nothing to do with what I'm doing to you. And that shit is not easy, guys. Like, I can speak about oh, no it clearly, kidding. but yeah. when you're in it, it's really hard to pull those things apart. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I'm 100% with you. So maybe causing isn't the word. You're not but, causing it. Yeah. You know, being that trigger or, you know, is not abandoning yourself. Right. You said it. Like when you are going to behave in ways that are in alignment for Jessica and you're not going to abandon who she is, regardless of how that feels to people on the outside, that feels like a betrayal and they may see it that way. But what's most important is that you're not betraying yourself, which is what we're all supposed to be making decisions based off of. Mm-hmm. We've just been brought up in such a codependent, you know, yeah. circumstance where we're looking for validation 
from the outside that we make decisions based on how we think people are going to react instead of based on what we know is right for us. And that is not a perfect science. No. It takes lifetimes and sometimes you don't figure it out in one lifetime. You know, like many of us are coming at it for many lifetimes trying to figure out that story, that narrative. Um, but it's really empowering to allow people to disappoint you and have compassion for the fact that they're trying to figure it out. And then it also, you know, like one thing that our listener brought up that I thought was so awesome about this episode was like, how do you forgive yourself for having been the villain in other people's stories? Um, And that that's just a concept that I've only been playing with for the last year, maybe, you know, is like really forgiving the Laurie that I was and that I'm getting better at that. And the better I get at it, the easier it is for me to be compassionate to people who I see are struggling with that same thing present day. So it's like good on top of good, you know, like you're learning to forgive who you were, which is making you better at who you are right now. But then also when shitty things happen to you, you get better at handling them, you know, and you're more compassionate with whoever it is that did you wrong. And that creates so much good in the world energetically that you are processing things in this way. That's, it's just more clean, you know, like the other way is so heavy and weighted and gross and it feels awful on my guts and you know but like coming at it from this other direction feels really light and clear and clean and organized to me in a way that like I really like and you know um a certain situation that I'm going through right now um that I I'm trying to think of how to say this without going into too much detail I have had a choice to scream and cry and say fuck you which believe me I've been close but um through this journey and this growth that I've been on I can take a step back and I've talked to you about this Mm -hmm. in this particular situation can look back and say I've been this person so what this person is doing I 1 million percent understand because I've been there. I've done this. I've been that person to try to fix and, um, you know, just if you would just listen to me, for God's sakes, just listen to me. And, you know, um, thinking that I had all the answers Mm -hmm. for this other person. And that, like, for some reason, I hold the secret to the universe that this person needs, which is totally insane totally insane um and you were coming at it from a place of love like you genuinely think that you're being helpful you're not trying to be ugly like truly trying to be helpful in the situation and not coming from a place of judgment just like oh my gosh what has happened to your life let me fix it for you you see that i'm gonna make everything better for you right now you see that (laughs) I am infinitely amazing and better and I have all the answers. And so like, yeah, when these kinds of things happen, it takes a lot of patience Mm -hmm. (laughs) and calmness to step back and just be like, you know what? I've been this person. And so when these things are coming to me, as much as I want to say, fuck off, I can kind of 
sit back and say, you know, I've been this person. I totally understand where they are coming from. And that is okay. It's also such an indicator from the outside looking in at how differently you manage situations in its entirety. Because, and we've talked about this a little bit in past episodes, where like even the way you and I interacted together, like three years ago, I'd have told you 10 ways to Sunday how to do things with your life, you know, like, and you, you would have, did. I know, <laughs> and you would have asked me and you would have listened to what I said, you yes. know, like, um, and it may or may not have been advice that would have supported you or not, you know, like yeah. anybody's guess, but that you aren't looking for that anymore. Right. You're not casting out these cords to people saying, tell me who to be and how to be it, you know, where, and so because of that, the people in your life who have always been able to do that with you now that you've called your energy back and you don't need them to do that for you anymore. That doesn't mean they still aren't in that role a little bit. And I've had the benefit of being on this journey alongside you and learning all these things about myself too. So we've gotten really good at like unpacking that between the two of us, I feel Mm -hmm. like, but that sometimes the people in our lives who don't see that journey as closely as you and I have seen it with one another, it really shakes people up when they're like, oh, you don't need me to tell you what to do with your life anymore because (laughs) you used to eat that with a fork and spoon politely, you know, like, and that all of a sudden Jessica is more self-assured. She is self-reliant. She doesn't need that outside validation and that that feels like betrayal. Mm -hmm. That feels like you shutting them out, you know, when in actuality that's a trait in that relationship that you're learning to navigate, you know, and that you're learning to find boundaries in safely where you can still have a relationship, you know, and that that shit's hard, man. And I'm telling you, especially for the listeners that like may have not known Laurie and I three years ago, so much has changed. Yeah. So much has changed. Everything has changed. Um, anything. Laurie said, was freaking Bible. Yikes. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. That's the power you have as a leader and a manager, Laurie. I'm just telling you. Had. But past had. Yeah. Had. Don't want um, any of that now. That it's taken a lot of work on both our parts. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Whenever I'm looking for like advice and I really want an easy way out. And when Laurie has the balls to say, you'll figure it out. I'm like, what? What? No, you have to tell me what to do. And it's been so empowering and so good for me to have a friend and a business partner who supports that journey. Even though she may have all the answers. Mm. (laughs) Sometimes. I used to think I did. Um, Yeah. But again, it all goes back to the trust thing. Like, I trust you, and I know that you know better than I do what you need. Mm -hmm. Everybody does, right? And that sometimes it's just a matter of, like, getting people connected to themselves enough so they can hear that. Um, But also, I can't, like, trying to be that for other people only pulls you further away from yourself. It's exhausting. It it really is. And so as much as this sounds like in this conversation, like 
I used to be willing to tell you what to do when you needed me to, and that today that's not the way that we operate anymore. It has way more to do with like me holding that for me, you know, like I, um, that I can't take care of myself the way I deserve. And I know I need to take care of myself when I'm constantly got my hands and nose in other people's business that doesn't have anything to do with me and that I don't really know what they need to do anyway. And I've noticed so much of, um, this happened with Jana a lot while she was here, which, you know, we did a couple of episodes with Jana McGill a few weeks back and she and I grew up together, you know, and we're together when we were really young, when you don't know any of this shit, you know, right. and you're totally codependent and weird and up in each other's business. Um, that I realize how much of my own insecurity made me that boss lady and made me the people that person where people always came to me for the answers that that fed my ego in a way that got me further and further away from myself. And so then I just kind of became this identity of the person that you came to because I had the answers, you know, and don't get me wrong. Like today in my business, like if you're talking about my coaching business or when I work with salons or I work with beauty professionals, I do have a lot of the answers because I have a lot of experience, right? And I have a lot of ideas because I've done a lot of the things. But these are all just suggestions that come up and I allow people to do what they do with it. And that that feels a lot different than me needing to be the one that has all of the answers. And I don't need to be that girl anymore, you know. Um, but that that's intoxicating when you are that person. And so even when I think about some of my present day villains in my stories, I recognize that in them. I see them holding on to being that person who like knows all the things and that everybody needs, you know, to like hold the house of cards up. And I know the pressure that that creates. And I know the distance that that created for me from myself, which is why I have so much compassion for my villains today. Mm -hmm. You know, like I see what they're holding. And I see them carrying that weight and I see the burden of them having to move further away from themselves to be whoever this is that everybody needs them to be. And that that wasn't good for you and it wasn't good for me, you know, and that ultimately it would have been the downfall of our friendship, of the business we were trying to create, you know, like, and so I'm really, really grateful that, and we've talked about an episode about this, we really need to come back to it, like that relationships have to shift and evolve. And at a certain point, even when you're talking about partnerships and marriages and these really close intimate relationships, that has to be two whole people mm -hmm. that work together in tandem, not this like weird, like enmeshed, enmeshed, like one person, you know, like that's just not the way that, again, it's not very clear and clean. It's really murky and yeah. And when yeah. we talk about energy and, you yeah. know, like we work a lot with like connective cords and, you know, like things being up in your energetic space and stuff like there's just nothing about that. That's going to create the magic. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I recognize that so much and it's such a relief to not have to be that. And I do feel like that takes you to a place where you're not the villain quite as much because I have a really strong boundary now about being involved in people's experience like that. Like I'm just not willing to do it. And it's fascinating. Like with my clients today, 
I'll do anything to make your business successful, but I will not get enmeshed in your energy and I will not get so involved in the what do I do or what do I not do. I want to empower you to make those decisions and give you the information that I can to help support your decision. But I'm not going to do that on your behalf because that's messed up gross energy, you know, like I need it to be clean. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it too. Um, so let's come back to forgiveness though. Oh, do we have to? We have to. <laughs> Fine. Um, because that's truly like how I get back to like forgiving some of these awful villains that I have embodied, you know, like over the time. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, like forgiving me means that I get to forgive other people. And I know that you and I have some like mutual villains. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. um, and in this mutual villain conversation, like I have a lot of compassion for these people. Yes. Um, I did not have that compassion two years ago. Yeah. But it's there. But it's also it's a process. Yeah. And it's okay for things to take the time, time that it takes to move through that and that you can't get to this place of forgiveness with your villains or yourself unless you do take the time to process it. It's not like flipping a light switch on where you're like, you're forgiven, you know, like um, that you have to Magic. reconcile and feel what is coming up. And that so often we're like, mm, that's gross. And I'm just going to push it down and leave it over here, you know. Um, but in order to get to the forgiveness, you do kind of have to take it off the shelf yeah, and dig into it. Um, it reminds me so much of the Shadow and Light workshop that we did a few weeks ago. Like it was really fascinating Y'all, when we come up with these workshops and stuff, we have no idea the timing of how it's going to work out. But I do feel like it was really relevant timing yes. in our lives yeah. to do shadow work um, and to support other people in doing their shadow work. Um, that makes it really easy to talk about things like this episode today. And we're also working on Shadow and Light's going to be a digital offering soon. Yes, where if you didn't make girl. it to the live event, that you'll be able to do some of that shadow work virtually. And that's really exciting, too, mm -hmm. because we all have the dark and the light, you know, like it's so in that the light can't even be light and beautiful and twinkly and, you know, like what you want it to be unless it's backed up against the dark. Like you need highlights and you need low lights. Okay. Like you have to have contour and you have to have high, like there is no one without the other. And so, yeah, like how do you think this face looks as snatched right? as it does it without just happen? contour and highlight so yeah like we all get to be the disney yeah. princess and the disney villain it's yeah okay oh yeah like you know in some stories you're the damsel in distress yeah. in other stories you're a fire breathing dragon totally. and you gotta and if you're gonna be the hero like be your own freaking hero yeah and everybody else will take care of themselves and if that means that you're the bad guy for them, then it's okay. Because that's about them. Like, and that as long as you're being the hero for you, everything else will fall into line the way that it's supposed to. I'm totally comfortable being the villain if that's what I need to be. Yeah. It's all right. For sure. You guys, thank you again for being here today and listening to us ramble on about villains and victims uh. and heroes and princesses. Um... It's really, really good stuff. And we're loving you and supporting you wherever you are on your journey. Have a great week. Thanks, guys. Bye.